everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour one of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, but the room is flushed with doctrinaires. Here's the test. Did he turn his microphone on? Tim Andrews is here. It's on. There you go. English Nick is here. Good day. Autumn Fisher, I just heard her giggling. Hello. How adorable. Is that misogynist for me to say that? Ah, just adorable. And of course, the handsomest producer in all of producery. It's like we're drunk in here already. It's Jared Yamamoto. What's up, guys? I'm uh, doing well. It's, it's you know, autumn. I bring that up because I realize now, I just don't know anymore if complimenting a woman is a bad thing or a good thing. Is it, is it some sort of sign of the patriarchal society if you say, oh, you know, you look really good today? Because I don't say that to men. Well, saying that I look really good today is different than every time you introduce me saying, she's adorable. Well, you are adorable. Well, How that's is that nice, a- but also maybe say like, man, is she talented? Oh, wow. Is she intelligent? Your talent speaks for yourself. Yes, you prove the talent. Thank you very much. But as far as I know, I don't think you've read an interesting book in five years. But I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> dispute that i'm reading a potty training book right now does that count oh she's going through she is going through mommy hell right now and i tell you we got to do you know we got to do the 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 hard news first but we will get to your mommy potty training world i mean autumn i believe she has texted me a couple times and i thought you know she's really at the edge like mentally, I think she's. I know. I was like Greg Russ there for a day yeah, and a half. You're freaking out. I, I don't yeah. know, Eric. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that later. But first, okay. let's do this. Headlines of the week. Because here's the thing, Jared. I don't know. Some people love it when Autumn talks about being a mother, and then on Twitter, people go crazy. They hate. <laughs> so I don't know. I got to do what I feel is good. All right. And what I know is good is Jared Yamamoto feeding me the headlines of the week. So well, here's start. somebody that everybody loves. Here, here he's the new Forrest Gump. U.S. Olympic swimmer Ryan Lochte told NBC's Matt Lauer <laughs> that he over-exaggerated the Brazilian robbery story. <laughs> okay. Since you said that word, I'll start there because this bothers me. Greatly. Greatly, it does bother me. Greatly. I over exaggerated that story, and if I never did done that, we wouldn't be in this mess. Before we start with what a lunkhead this guy is, <laughs> this is a teachable moment for many who are not lunkheads. Over exaggerate. Let's get rid of this one. Can we please? I over exaggerated that. Story. It is not possible to over exaggerate. There's no need to ever put the word over in front of exaggerate. Exaggerate means. That you overdid it in your explanation. That's very rare. You can't. It's another one. Very rare bothers me. And very smart people do the one that really bothers me the most, which is they say very unique. (laughs) Unique means one of a kind. It's impossible to be somewhat one of a kind. Very one of a kind. You can't be extra one of a kind. You can't be kind of one of a kind. You're either unique, one of a kind, or you're not. 
But uh, over-exaggerated it just drives me crazy. I kind of overestimated it and over-exaggerated it. <laughs> and uh, when we was out there and, uh, you know, I just thought to myself, well, you know, I should probably not just, you know, expand on what I was doing. And then I thought, well, gosh, you know, people back home. <laughs> so I just You know what? You sound smarter than the actual Ryan Lochte does. This guy's obviously a dumb dumb. And by the way, kudos to Autumn Fisher, uh-huh. who last week on this show was the first one to say, this guy isn't that bright. Mm-hmm. This news broke while we were on the air last week. And, of course, we believed him because he's a U.S. and a great swimmer. Why would we believe him? Autumn back then said, this guy had a reality show. He's not too bright. And uh, you turned out to be correct. So kudos to you. Thank but you here- very much. It's, I think it's the first time that watching junk television has paid off. <laughs> Hey, do, but and you are still adorable. Don't don't think just because I'm giving you. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Matt Lauer sits down with this idiot. This is after he gave the uh, the Today Show interview where he said all this dumb stuff that happened that wasn't true. But you listen to this guy, and he is a dumb guy who has been prepared by very smart lawyers. And he's trying to remember how to do this correctly. And Matt Lauer is drilling down on him. As a matter of fact, a good question is, has Matt Lauer ever grilled Hillary Clinton like this? I mean, he would no. not. He would not let this goofball off the hook. This was this was excruciating last night. He just kept pinning him to the wall, nailing him to the wall. Uh, but uh, here's his. I was still intoxicated. I was still under that influence, and I'm not making uh, me being intoxicated uh, like an excuse. I, I'm not doing that at all. I mean, it was my fault. And so I was intoxicated, very intoxicated, over, and, and then, you know, and that, and then I was that, into, you know, and so I was, you know, just, you know, I, you know, I had, I had done had too much to guzzle down my throat. <laughs> Did he really say I was, I was under that influence? <laughs> under that in- and in that one, he was talking about when he was speaking to the Today Show. He said, I was still intoxicated. I don't know the timeline there. I don't know how long after all of this went down. But basically, he's now saying, when I was speaking to Billy Bush on the beach... <laughs> Which we know how much you love Billy Bush. Oh, Billy Bush, there's something weird going on there. But I want to get into that. Well, do you hear him defending him? Billy Bush? Yeah, he well, was what's defending him. about Billy Bush. If somebody is a celebrity and they acknowledge that Billy Bush is alive, then Billy Bush is a fan. Because I'm sure most people listening don't even know who the hell Billy Bush is, but he was an entertainment reporter for, what, uh, Access Hollywood or something? Yeah. And yeah. now he's with the Today Show. And you can judge me if you will. But I don't trust men who report on entertainment. <laughs> He's like a JV Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ryan Seacrest is a JV Dick Clark. Sure. Everything's yeah. going downhill. But my point is, you can judge me if you want, and you can call me any name in the book, but I'm being honest with you, as we do on the Von Hessler Doctrine. When I see a woman reporting on entertainers, it seems okay to me. Because they're adorable. Right, I don't know, but uh, why would a guy be really, really interested in... uh, Housewives. Housewives or... What's his name? P. Diddy or something. You know, why? Why would a man be interested in the, the fact that uh, P. Diddy had some sort of gala? Because he's getting paid millions to host it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I've turned this into an attack on uh, Billy Bush, which is not fair because uh, Ryan Lochte, what a dummy. And Matt Lauer last night would not let him off the hook. And again, I have to ask the question, can we get Hillary Clinton in that chair? Has Matt Seriously? Lauer ever nailed Hillary Clinton down on her stories the way that he did 
dissected her stories the way he dissected because you could tell they're mad. NBC was mad because he told that story on the Today Show and they ran with it. Matt Lauer is good at that. When he had Charlie Sheen on, when that story broke about Charlie Sheen's yeah. drug use and stuff, he really goes after people who are kind of defenseless, you know? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if this guy's this guy's so dumb. You know what I'm he saying? Like, it. yeah, he, he deserves it. And then and, that, and the other thing, you know, is because I was drunk. <laughs> I'm still drunk, Matt Lauer. You're the Matt Lauer. I uh, said to the, that Matt Lauer. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's even worse. Like, not only is he not taking credit, or he's not uh, accepting accountability for it. He's not even pretending to be culpable. He's saying like, "Well, mm. I was so yeah. I lied. Yeah, I, I kind of over exaggerated, and then I lied some more, but it was because I was still drunk." Yeah, it's like, yeah, this dude is a, a dumb person. Basically, is the way that what it comes down to, and now he's really in the middle of it. And if I could turn off the things on my computer that I don't want to be running at the moment, I'll be able to you know, play you what he... Uh, I'm not going to be able to do that. We'll never go. See, this is good radio, right? Eric, uh, <laughs> the mind of Eric, Eric von Hessler. Uh, well, I do what I can. I talk to people here. here and, uh, You're over-exaggerating your ability to do things. <laughs> well, if, uh, <laughs> if the studio here at WSB wasn't set up for 1940s radio, I might be able to actually run some of this sound out of the actual equipment here. So this was the story that he told originally on Bakhti the Bakhti tells me, he goes... Uh, Refuse. This is what I love is not only did this guy lie about what happened, because if you don't know, basically they were drunk, they showed up at a gas station, and Ryan Lochte, none of the other swimmers, uh, decided to vandalize the uh, bathroom a little bit, uh, knock the mirror down or something like that. Uh, so he tells this fake story. Not only did he tell the fake story where there's no gas station involved, but in his fake version of events, he acted like Chuck Norris, and all the other swimmers just did what they were told. <laughs> I ripped my shirt off and flexed my muscles. And what a I, hunk. I kissed my bike. And I said, "You want some of this fake policeman?" <laughs> so if you're so hot, if you're wondering why it was so easy for the other swimmers to throw Lochte under the bus right. once he left the country, <laughs> it might have had something to do with that. All right, I think we're going to take a break here, and we come back. My understanding is that Trump is still in the news. <laughs> yes, he is. And since there's a law these days that says that 25 percent of all talk radio has to be about Trump. <laughs> We're not going to go to jail. We're going to do it when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The Doctrinaires are here. Jared Yamamoto is feeding me headlines. So continue to do so, sir. Yeah, one other note, too. Tonight is the closing ceremonies for the Olympics, so it's been fun watching them. I've enjoyed... You know, when you tell me that it's coming to an end, I think, well, all mildly good things must come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> that means that the Olympics... I think the Olympics have been fun. I've enjoyed watching them. I, I would rather watch them on TV than be there, because even though Lochte lied about what happened to him, it actually did happen to a lot of other athletes that uh, they were robbed and things like that happened. So I'm glad to watch it on TV, but I have to say that uh, I, I have enjoyed it. I was So I was watching some of the diving yesterday, 
And what's interesting is you forget because then they'll they'll go back, they'll flash back, and they'll say, "This is how this diver did in London, right?" And they'll flash back to London, and you realize, "Wow, their pool was a lot nicer in London." <laughs> you don't realize it until you see the flashback. But uh, hey, the Americans have been cleaning up. And uh, Great Britain has actually done quite well as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's right. It's a you and us and China. Jolly good show. And you know what? I've said this before. I'll say it again to the millennials, to the adorable one that's over there, Autumn <laughs> Fisher. What? It's important to me. This is going to be so anti-millennial. Like, really, they'll, they'll, they won't be able to get through this, what I'm about to say. It's important that the United States of America win the most medals and win the most gold medals. Uh, oh, why? Why is that? Why do we have to be better? I'll tell you why. Sit down, young one. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because this is an experiment. The idea that people can govern themselves, be, be governed by their own representatives who they vote for, is an experiment in world history, and it doesn't have to last. And if that experiment doesn't make you better... If it doesn't make you exceptional on the world stage, a hundred years ago, a hundred years from now, when they're trying to decide in some country whether they should be elected representatives of the people or just a king or a queen or a dictator, if there's nothing extra special like, well, they put men on the moon and brought them home. If there's nothing extra special like they seem to excel at everything. If there's nothing extra special about being represented by the people, the, the, by who the people vote for, like Steve Jobs changed the world with his, with his iPhone. If there aren't special things like that, then you doom people in the future to having dictators, kings, and queens because there's no extra argument for why should we allow the people to elect their own representatives. And for that reason, young millennial, and I'm doing it myself. I don't like over-exaggerate, and I just said young millennial, which is silly because all millennials are young. So youngin', listen up. The United States of America is exceptional is better than other countries and you can see it in the sure. metal count sure. now listen I've got a problem with what you're saying this is Nigella uh -huh, Nigella from Great Britain you tell yeah. him Nigella you tell him now thank you bloke now listen <laughs> just because of you think America's the greatest mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we can't also do amazing things no. and like yeah we got a queen and all and like I guess we have a king not sure yeah but like you're saying that, like, America has to be great. Yes. And why can't we all, like, get medals together? The reason you have so many medals is because we have so many medals because after we kicked your butt, you started acting more like us. Whatever, mate, whatever. That adorable voice there, Autumn Fisher, we have a segment called WTF coming up, and she's going to present it when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll get a story with a deeper look at police body cameras and the red tape keeping local agencies from using that technology. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Surround Tim's here. Jared's here. English Nick is here. Autumn is here. And I, I promised we were going to talk about the Trump stuff, and we, we haven't gotten to it yet. And there's... A lot to get to as far as Trump. African American. Been quite a quite a quite a week. We are going to get to, we're going to do WTF. But we're going to get into uh, Trump at the top of the hour. But I do want to say before we get there, my favorite thing that's happened to Trump in recent days is uh, when this guy was on CNN speaking for Trump, and he was asked about the poll. All right. Well, let me ask you about this. So you say you say it's not a shakeup, but you guys are down, and it makes Says sense who? that there would. 
Says who? Most of them. All of them? Says who? Polls. I just told you. I answered your question. Okay. Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we will get to Trump at the top of the hour, but right now it's time for... What the... What the... What the... Seriously. What the... WTF with Autumn Fisher. All right, Autumn Fisher. What the fun yes. and games? What's going on? So I'm very upset. You're very upset? I've, I'm very upset about all of the remakes that are happening, and this is just another fatality in the remake army. Okay, before you go forward, hold hold on, before you get to Ben-Hur, let me just say, I agree with you, because a lot of movies are being remade, and you wonder how many people are writing screenplays, good scripts, things that are not being made, when, why do we have to remake movies that we can easily rent? Why do we have to remake something like, okay, Point Break? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The and, Crow, American Werewolf in London, but see, Barbarella, there was, there was a, Dirty Dancing, there was one, Starship Troopers, why? All right, hold on. Why is it happening? Tell me. Tell well, me I will tell you why they used to happen. There was a good reason. You know, if you made a movie that was great in 1938, it played in the theaters for a couple of months, and then it was gone, and nobody ever heard of it again. Maybe a 10 years later, they'd bring it back around, but there was no television to, to replay the movies. There was no uh, DVRs or VHS or any kind of way to replay the movie. So you, in 1954, people would say, you know what? That, we made a great movie in 1938. Let's make it in color. Let's bring new actors in. Let's do it again. Tell that story again. But they weren't diverse enough back then. Well, I understand that. That's a good problem with them back then but my problem is that if i want if i have a kid who's born today seven years from now i can rent the original ghostbusters and that seven-year-old can fall in love with the original ghostbusters it's not the same situation anymore so now doing remakes i get the ghostbuster reboot with the women that's a different of a social issue but most of these remakes are just remakes and like you said ben-hur Thankfully, I'm very glad. I've never seen this movie. I'll never see this movie. But I'm glad that it is bombing miserably. It's bombing miserably. It's set to have a $100 million loss. And it's at 32% oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe Can that I just one. read some other remakes that are happening? Because it's appalling. Yes, go ahead. Yes, tell us. The Bodyguard. <laughs> Without Whitney Houston? Why? <laughs> well, he didn't the, do his job. <laughs> romancing the Stone. Oh. My Fair Lady. House Party. Heavy Metal. What, the animated movie? Yes! That was terrible the first yeah. time around. Exactly. And that's why it's great, is because it's so weird and terrible. What, yeah. what are they going to do? Make it even more more weird and worse? <laughs> we got to relate to the kids of today, the, what, oh, what, what the actors of today. Oh. I, can't watch, I can't watch heavy metal and enjoy it the way that people did in the whenever it was made. In the, not, yeah, boobs. People aren't going to know who the actors yeah. are from then. There's no actors. It's an animated movie. Oh, well, dummy. either way, voice actors. You need War some Slipknot and some Metallica in that new rig, man. Let's get some Metallica in there. You Drop could, dead Fred. Why? Because Why? the first one was so good. We we want to see it again, but with new actors. I know. I and here's the thing with Ben Hur. I haven't seen this. I said I've not seen this movie. I never will see this movie. But I know how these morons in Hollywood think, and I can tell just from the trailers. We'll turn Ben Hur into a superhero. That's it. People love the Marvel superhero movies. What we'll do is we'll take Ben Hur. And we'll just basically make a Marvel movie out of them. Also, I don't know about you, but when I'm watching the original Ben-Hur, I'm thinking, 
this would be so much better with a whole lot of CGI. Yeah. Man. If, I, if only it, those people were made by yeah. computers really and annoys, not actual human beings. It really annoys me that I'm actually looking at real people on a real set. I would love if, if you could take this, this chariot race and just do it in front of a green screen. My guess is it's going to be a whole lot better. And hardier. Yes, Mr. Andrews. Yeah, I went and saw Sausage Party last night, which is not a remake. It is a completely new. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is written and created by Seth Rogen and, and that whole gang of people that hangs out with him. And it was so funny. Adult, and, uh, it's an adult animated movie. Right. So, yeah. And I saw it at a Regal Cinema, and Ben-Hur is so terrible that Regal Cinema is, is offering you, if you use their app, 5,000 points, which will get you a free large popcorn, just for buying a ticket. Just please wow. come. We'll, yeah. we'll give you anything. We'll give you the whole theater. You know what? You're only have to stay long enough to eat the popcorn and then you can leave. We don't care. Right. Just you don't have just just buy walk the in. ticket. <laughs> just walk in, please. It's, but, it's it's called nostalgia exploitation. But I don't even really think it's nostalgia exploitation because you're you're trying to reach a whole new group of people who maybe didn't watch Ben Hur or are not you're familiar take your with grandma? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not trying to do that with Barbarella. Yeah, Barbarella. That was another terrible movie. They're doing Oceans Eleven, except now they're calling it uh, Oceans Ocho, and it's going to be eight women. Is that true? Yes, it's true. This is the new thing now since the Ghostbusters yes. deal? Everything's yes. just going to be done with women. Yep. And, of course, it'll be done better with women. That's I right. suppose. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if, if anybody recognizes any part of a name of a thing that used to exist, they're going to make it. They're going to make casseroles the movie. <laughs> <laughs> potato chips. Hey, hey, potato chips are popular. Let's do potato chips. I love chip. potato chips. You know who loves potato The kids. The kids love, you know, soda. The Godfather musical. Legos. Yeah, green light. Green light. <laughs> green light. Green light. Water, water bed, too. <laughs> green light. Putting on your socks. Schindler's List Legos. <laughs> green light. Green light. The kids will love it. Yeah. They're not going to let it get into the old story. Ugh. All right. Give me another WTF one. Complaining about movies. Do you want to talk about a naked Justin Bieber? I always want to talk yeah. about a naked Justin Bieber. Come on. Yeah. So a naked photo has was leaked after his ex-girlfriend, his her uh, Instagram got hacked. But apparently... Okay. First of all, that's, 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 a, that's a but. but. Any time a celebrity says my Instagram was hacked, they're lying. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> So, uh, but so it the ex girlfriend real because the picture is fake. Oh, it, the... it's yeah, it shows him and it's supposed to be him naked and he's doing something. Uh huh. And there's the same picture but with his clothes on. That's available. Other, that's available. So but what do you however, call that? What is it called? Celebrity fake or what is it? Photo? Is that a celebrity fake? There's a whole uh-huh. industry on celebrity fakes. So sure. somebody took a celebrity fake that was already out there. And just put it to the ex girlfriend's Instagram and 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 put it out. But I right. still think she did it. I think that she's angry, and I think she did it. Could be. And but, I think they tagged Selena Gomez in it, which is also extra. Like, yeah, right on his uh, junk. That's where they tagged him in the picture. Oh, I or tagged see. Selena Gomez rather. Okay, I see. But there are plenty. So I I follow a Twitter account called Celebrity uh, Mail. Dude. What? Okay, yeah. we we get it. You're, yeah. you're you're not you're not the average woman. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I look. But it's mostly I think it's mostly for gay dudes, but I follow yeah, it. Yeah. And uh there are, there are pictures of him on there that are that's definitely him. Well, no, because he had that thing with the uh the model and then he walked out on the Balcony and somebody. That's old. From, That's real old. This is very much new. Where he. Well, I'm happy tattoos. to say that I'm not so current with this. I think well, it makes I'll text me feel it to good. You. <laughs> no, don't don't text it to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. I can imagine it. Looks better than me without gonna, my clothes on. I'm sure. Gonna make you a believer, yo. <laughs> it's a believer. I can't believe they took that picture of me, man. 
I was just trying to jump into this waterfall naked like a seal or something. You know, you know what's hilarious is because these celebrities are 21, 22 years old, we're all privy to these sort of stupid young people arguments, you know, that are so petty. And who cares? All oh, the ex-girlfriend's mad about this one, whatever. Justin Bieber is a person who falls into a category for me. I've never heard a song, a full song by Justin Bieber. But I find his exploits to be hilarious. And so anytime he gets in trouble, I read the story. Next story, Miss uh, WTF. Colonel Sanders uh, is dead. Sec- oh, he's still dead. Mm-hmm. But his original recipe recipe is... Wait, did I say that twice? Original recipe recipe? You over-exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> it was found in a scrapbook that belonged to his nephew, and now it's available online. So here's the... I remember uh, the story kind of broke that it was found a while ago. And the KFC people said, no, that's not the original recipe. And I guess now some people have, uh, they've done the scientific studies. Mm. They've done that recipe next to the actual food that they get. They've done taste tests afterward. And they've come to the conclusion that this, in fact, is the original recipe. That's right. And uh, so... Well, if you're going to make it at home, Eric, I thought gotta, it was in a vault or something. I well, was, if you're going to make it at home, think. you got to take like 400 chickens and put them in a box <laughs> and don't feed them yeah. and let them sit in there without sunlight yeah. for a month. Well, it's and, hard. It's hard to do homemade stuff, right? But that's how you you really capture the KFC flavor. <laughs> I knew, yeah, I, knew I, I was missing some secret ingredient. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The secret ingredient is a cruel farm. <laughs> Well, I hope they're not going to do advertising here. Boy, these, things, these doctrinaires. It's delicious. It's delicious. Oh, it's tasty. Man, there's something but I'm just about, saying, there's that's the reality. There's something about his photo, too, that just, even as a kid, I remember looking at the KFC box of chicken, and just, I would Ooh. freak out as a kid. And I, oh, you I, know, even I, I, now, I'm still see, terrified of him. I saw him as friendly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I want to sit on his lap and for, tell him about my day. Our, <laughs> well, Colonel Sanders. So, so sit down and tell me all about your day, and we'll eat some fried chicken and some instant mashed potatoes. Kids love it. Instant mashed potato. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> it doesn't look inviting at all. <laughs> apparently, he swore up a storm. He was a cantankerous old dude, a good guy, but a cantankerous old dude who would swear up a storm when you were around him. I would love to have met that dude. He well, sounds he like really Mrs. Cool Fred. Back- Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. He has a really cool backstory of like a lot of failed business, or a lot of failed. Uh, uh, like schooling and yeah, yeah, because he was of issues. Yeah, he, he grew up in a country called America, where you kept getting <laughs> up and, and not complaining, and you know, and he he just did whatever job he could do. He didn't uh, decide, oh, these jobs aren't good enough for me. He sounds like Mister Freshly. Yes, he does. <laughs> Oh, we were married for a time. <laughs> we, 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 we had a couple of encounters. She was with Kentucky every now and then. And we, 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 I said, I'm a colonel. You should come over. <laughs> you know I got that secret recipe. <laughs> Both of you, the music's playing. More WTF when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. That's right, it's entertaining. It's honest. It's me, Eric Von Hessler. Welcome back. The doctrinaires are here. One of those doctrinaires is Autumn Fisher. We're doing WTF. Autumn, next story. The Playboy Mansion has sold to a guy. Named Darren Metropolis. Very nice. And so, what about <laughs> Hugh Hefner? Is he out on his butt? Nope, he's going to get to stay and live out the rest of his old weird days. They'll find me floating in the grotto. <laughs> <laughs> just one day, and it'll just be an old, bloated, wet man with a 
bathrobe on, smoking robe. Nobody wears James a smoking James Conn will still robe. be there. Yeah, he'll be in the back. <laughs> How old is Hefty? Uh, He's 90 or so. Seven, I'm uh, 99. <laughs> 30 years over the yeah, my favorite number. I uh, sh- yeah, the magazine's gone. I don't own yeah. the house anymore. No casinos left. Uh, yeah, it's my, over. My empire's crumbled and shambles. Yeah, but you get to stay in the house. That's I nice. Do. And I still get a couple of blondes to come over and yeah. pretend like I'm somebody they want to be with. His wife is 30 years old. Good for him. Yeah, she is. Good, good, good for, for me. Him. Bad good for, for him. Her. Good for her. Bad. Good for her. She's going to live most of her life with your money. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> what I'm not giving to Barbara. I love him so much. Oh, you really? It's, this is about love yeah he's so funny we love to watch old movies together yeah i should we watch uh, old episodes of playboy at night old show i should do a syndication it's a yeah. good show i believe james oh my Con- gosh that show is so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're what are you gonna do when the, you know he'll probably outlive you i don't know if you've thought about this Oh, what do you mean? What I mean is he's he's bound to die before you are if you're not hit by a bus. He's 90-something and you're 30. Yeah. You know, I don't really like to think just in general too much. <laughs> so I just love spending my days looking at our birds and our monkeys. <laughs> the other day we... I hang hanging out with my husband, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> she's a model, a singer, DJ. Her name is Crystal Harris. Oh, she's a singer, Crystal. Yeah. We're working on her first album together, and uh, we watched Starry the other day to give her a heads up as to what to expect. Are you? Uh, this is my new single. It's about to drop. Playboy Mansion, lovely things. I buy flowers at the market, and I, he lets me sing. Hey. She, she's beautiful. She's a, next. You know she'll be doing like Barbie Benton style guitar Show infomercial. Me. She only has eyes for you. Apparently, it's yeah. interesting. He is so sweet, and when we're alone together, he's so funny. I tell you what killed. Uh, uh. <laughs> It's great we live in an age where you can watch the new Ghostbusters and he can watch the old one. You know what I'm saying? At the same time. Yeah. Uh, what's Ghostbusters? Sometimes people will send me emails and say, hey, what's the best way to uh, set up a home stereo in my house? <laughs> You're still the Playboy advisor. And still advises. Still. Oh, my gosh. He's so smart. Yeah. I'll tell you what killed the Playboy empire, the internet. Because once we were all two clicks away from gynecology, no need to walk into the drugstore and embarrass yourself The anymore. internet? Yeah, you... Check it out there, Crystal. All right, we have more headlines when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are here. Tim, English Nick. Autumn Fisher, she's adorable, by the way, and Jared Yamamoto. Now, we start the show with headlines, and it is now time for this. More headlines. More headlines. Yes, the creative juices never stop flowing it's here. It's insane. At the so insane. Something new we throw at the wall every, every week. So give me more headlines. Donald Trump has continued his... Outreach, I guess you want to call it, to African-American voters asking, what the hell do you have to lose in this election? Uh-oh, I, didn't, I had my audio ready to go, and then it wasn't there. No energy. <laughs> African-American 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the guy is actually. I'm gonna get into what's right, what's wrong about this because there's right and there's absolute, and and there's the wrong kind of delivery to it. But this guy, Donald Trump, his problem right now is that he could tell children that there's candy in the other room and still scare them. Candy! <laughs> we have an entire bag of candy corn in the room. I don't want to. I don't want to. Do African American. So here's his. Uh, here's what. Look how much African American communities have suffered under Democratic control. To those I say the following. What? Do you have to lose by trying something new like Trump? What do you have to lose? Democrats, for years, people, Democrats have said, okay, look, if you're not a boxer or a rapper, and there are a lot of great rappers. I love rap, rap, hip-hop. I'm down with it, okay? The trip hop, I think. If you can't act, if you can't play sports, what is there left? Nothing. There's no jobs. There's no uh, jobs. So just, what do you have to lose? <laughs> I say it again. What do you have to lose? Look, what do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? Right, let me just say this. There is a good argument that's being made here. I don't know that the argument's being made well, but there is a good argument that's being made here, which is it, how many of these major cities in America are run by Republicans? None. Is there a major city, inner city, that's doing poorly in America that's run by Republicans or Republicans have even touched it for the last 40 years? So there is a good point there that needs to be made. If, uh, if the Democrat Party was the coach of your favorite football team, you wouldn't have it. You would not put up with the track record for the last 40 years. Oh, yeah, let him continue to be the coach. So there is a good Republican argument to be made that says all of these inner cities have been run by nothing but Democrats for 40 to 50 years. And look what you've got. The problem is uh, giving that speech in front of 99% white audiences is not really the way to get it across. If the Republican Party, Donald Trump, any nominee, what they needed to start doing six months ago, what they needed to do even in the primary, just as a way to point to what was going to happen in the general election, is let's see Republican candidates speaking in black churches in the inner city in the United States. If you want to, if you want to make this argument, and I think there's a damn good argument, you can remove race completely and just say, these are the people who have been running these cities for 40 to 50 years, and look where you're at. Why not try something new? And I think that's a good argument. But if you're going to outreach to black voters... You need to do that in black neighborhoods, in black churches, in front of black people. It, it, it just looks odd to be in front of a lily white audience uh, making these arguments. I would be doing that more often, but it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't know that black people's lives were so horrible. Well, I know, and that's the problem. The, the truth is what he's pointing to there is real. There is a 58% unemployment rate amongst black youth. These cities are horrible. They're all run by de- Democrats for generations and generations. Detroit was once a jewel of a city, considered one of the most beautiful cities in the world in the 50s and early 60s. And there's, do you know that the, the, the Detroit City Council has not had a Republican since 1970. There hasn't been one Republican on the Detroit City Council since 1970. Look at the world the way you look at your favorite teams. At least hold your politicians to the same standard that you would hold the coaches of your favorite teams. And if you had a losing the right way to put it, what? so he, that's the right way to phrase it. I mean, to put it in that context. I mean, because what he's doing, it automatically turns someone like me off because he's saying, "Hey, black people." Yeah. You guys are doing the worst. <laughs> I'll help you vote for me, I guess. Why not? You know? I'm your white knight. <laughs> right. it, it, it makes sense to us the way he's doing it now, but the problem is is when he's talking to a crowd like that, he has to kind of throw the red meat to them and make them happy. So that's why he likes to use those explosive sayings. But, and here's, those- the, but here's the thing with the Republican Party. It's on you. Why the hell haven't you been campaigning in inner cities for the last 40 years? Why are you just writing these areas off. You have an obligation and a duty, a moral obligation, because if you're elected president of the United States, you're the president of everybody. You're not just the president of the people who voted for you, no matter who gets in there. And I think it really says something for some reason. I mean, Jack Kemp, nobody remembers him, but he was a Republican who was always making this argument that the Republican ideas are better for people in the inner city, so we need to be there arguing that. And the Republican Party at large just basically says, well, they're not going to vote for us anyway. So, you know, when, when you hear this argument that uh, the Democrats uh, don't really care about black people because they know they already have their vote, uh, that's true. That's on the Democrat Party. But it's also on the Republican Party because they stopped trying to compete for that vote a long time ago. I think that Trump is actually to something here. His deliver, delivery is horrible, but without even saying he's going to be there, just start showing up. Start showing up in inner cities. Start showing up at black churches. They, they'll have you. They'd love to have Donald Trump speak. I'm over here in the bluff and I'm not buying crack cocaine. I'm here to talk to you in Atlanta and the west side about how horrible you've been treated by Democrats. Uh, Trump also... And at the end of four years, I guarantee you, that I will get over 95% of the African-American wow. vote, I promise you. <laughs> but first, you got to get that first four years. Do you understand? He's not, now, he's making, now he's talking about how much he's going to win by in 2020. He hasn't got this one nailed down. We will reverse all the damage done by LBJ. Let me tell you, we're going to go ahead and get all the black people voting GOP. <laughs> African-American. A little lighter in the tone. A little lighter in the tone. And, you know, this is a mistake that Republicans are starting to make again with the Hispanic community. You know, the the demographics of this country going on into the future are not going to change. If you want to be a party that that is strong into the future, you have to have minority votes. You have to have Hispanic votes. It's not, there's nothing that you can do about that. And when you think about Hispanic life, it, there's a lot there for Republicans to speak to. You know, uh, uh, family structure, very important. 
way more religious, way more religious. The Hispanic, po- the Hispanic population, way more religious than the population at large. There's a lot of inroads for a po- entrepreneurialism amongst Hispanics. It's a huge thing. There are a lot of inroads. The immigration question, all of that. Yeah, well, Republicans, well, that's a tough one for Republicans because mm-hmm. you got another side of the party that's like, build a wall, don't let me, you know. But this is not going to <clears throat> win elections. And I don't know what, I don't know what my Republican friends are thinking. It's just like, well, we're just going to throw, we know we're not going to win elections, but we're going to throw one hell of a fit mm-hmm. on the it, way there. It, it, Parties exist for one reason. Two win elections they should be judged on one criterion are they winning elections they are not debating societies they are not think tanks parties are supposed to in a presidential year look at the landscape figure out the way to the white house and get there and should be judged by whether or not they do that and if you start acting in 2016 like the demographic shift isn't happening then you are signing your own death warrant as far as the future of the party goes. And I do not understand it. And I bring it up as, as, as the beginning of the Hispanic thing now, but 40 years into Republicans not even trying to get the inner city black vote. How do you know? You haven't been there to make your argument in so long. How do you know? There may be many willing ears, uh, you know, but... If Donald Trump wants to be the first one to make that argument, he needs to start making it to African Americans. My African Americans, listen, one thing real quick. Yes. I decided to make the wall a little lower. (laughs) (laughs) All right. More headlines when we return. Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are my doctrinaires. Jared Yamamoto has some more headlines. Yeah, I do. And this is a really cool one. Uh, a oh, well, good. I'm glad. Everybody perk up. This is a cool one. Uh, it is a cool headline. <laughs> Not like the boring ones we've been doing since noon. This one's cool. Let's do it. A new $300 million proposal will stitch Midtown and downtown Atlanta together by covering a part of the connector. It's kind of a... What do they call it? They're calling it the Atlanta Stitch. Is that a new superhero who comes in and saves the inner city from itself? The Stitch. Stitch. In a world gone mad where Midtown and Buckhead can't communicate, the Stitch is here. Sewing. (laughs) Sewing heroic deeds. (laughs) So, where is the area that is the Stitch? Right. so you got to explain it to me because I'm terrible with maps and all, all of this. So you're saying like, is this, I take it like Turner Field and then out towards somewhere else or how is it? So right as soon as you pass the Grady Curve, okay. you see that Midtown and Downtown are separated by, uh, I think the only two bridges that connect it together are Peachtree yeah. and then Piedmont. Okay. And what they want to do is- So this wanna, has nothing to do with Turner Field? No, not at all. Okay. So this Thank is you. actually- I corrected. This is connecting the, these two areas together. Will so, you extend my apologies to the Stitch? Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs> Somebody on the show should be called The Stitch. Eric and The Stitch in the morning. <laughs> so go ahead. So right. It's a 14-acre project where they want to essentially create more green space, and it is hard to get from downtown to midtown. So it's going to be a big park, basically? Essentially, With a few yeah. roads through it? 
Yeah, I think that they could utilize it for that. They're also talking about putting, uh, putting, uh, uh, I guess, residential areas too, and uh-huh. they're also talking about putting um, restaurants and whatnot. You know, well, you're talking about restaurants and and all of this sort of stuff, and all I'm thinking in my head is, well, the homeless need a new place to sleep. So maybe we should build that. Because ultimately, in Atlanta, isn't that exactly what's going to happen if you have a huge kind of park that stitches two towns? You have to do it like that. You have to do it right. But is it, it's a green space and it's not like a way to travel from one place to another. Yeah, but the problem with Atlanta now is the only way that you can get from downtown so to midtown is to cross, cross those bridges. Yeah, the, the idea is to actually help people get from each part of town because the connector divides downtown and so midtown. So it would be a park. It would be a green space with a whole lot of traffic going through it. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Hmm. That's just yeah. what I want during a picnic is to... Uh, Smell the exhaust of vehicles flying by. I'm trying to sleep here, man. (laughs) (laughs) Can't a man relax anymore? I'm just enjoying the stitch. I don't need a couple more dollars. I got to stay at Peach Dream Pine tonight. (laughs) So the idea, what I don't, I see. We talked about this on Friday. Georgia State is taking over. Turner Field, correct? And they they have all their ideas, and they use mixed use and everything. And for me. Okay, that could work. Number one, they're paying for it, and they know they have a certain number of students coming in, so they know it will be used. But when you go into the public sphere and you say, well, we've got this grand idea, probably the same minds that gave us the Atlanta streetcar <laughs> decide that this is a great idea for a way to stitch things together, then I immediately think it's going to cost more than they say it's going to cost. People are going to use it way less than people say they're going to use it. And it, it is a bit of a joke, but I think it'll be a lot of homeless people. And then people will go, you know what? It's not fun. Um, people bumming stuff off me. It's not, and they won't yeah, go. Pe- people use the Beltway to have a nice walk belt to somewhere. Line. The Beltline. Oh, I'm sorry. The Beltline. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. yeah the she Beltline. Hasn't, she hasn't been in Atlanta a while. Go ahead. But here's the thing, though. With all these neighborhoods in Atlanta getting closer together with everybody moving into town now, you've got to think long term about it. And I think that the stitch here would, would be a So good, you're all for the stitch. A good concept. I, I don't like the $300 million aspect of it, but I think that... Oh, you, the, don't, like the, oh, you don't like the $300 million absolutely aspect? Absolutely not, because well, I'm, a Fulton one, County, I'm a Fulton County resident. Young one, let me tell you something. Whatever they tell you it's going to be, double it. Yeah. And you'll probably still be short. So if you don't I'm like the 300 I'm against the stitch. You're against the stitch? I'm against it. Me too. I like neighborhoods to be separate. That's why they're neighborhoods. But with everybody moving into town, you have to think long term about it. These neighborhoods are becoming closer and closer. Like, I mean, the Highlands and Fourth Ward are all Hold on a second. Hold on. Can we have a little laissez-faire capitalism here? If with all these people moving into town, at the point that too many people are in one area, naturally people will stop moving there because it won't be as fun to be there anymore and mm-hmm. then over time people will move out and it will it will regulate itself you don't have to have these uh, idiots from emory <laughs> planning everything for the next 20 years again they gave us the atlanta streetcar how about just take what we have and make it better. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a first-year college student's dream of what Atlanta should do for the future. <laughs> and in the future, all people will walk to their organic farms. Hey, the Beltline. <laughs> the Beltline was actually... Hold on, hold on. One at a time. Good. The Beltline was actually an Emory student's thesis. So I think that they, they have a good idea here. They're thinking long-term about it. Oh, that's what I want. More student theses on exactly how people should act in the future no one will have a car because we'll all be enlightened elevate, all right elevate the streetcar so it's a monorail 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 <laughs> outrage corner when we return eric von hessler on wsb 
If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's AJC, you'll find a deeper look at police body cameras and the red tape, keeping local agencies from using that technology. That's why, oh, and also nearly $200 in coupons. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. We were talking about the stitch. What's the stitch again? Before uh, so again, it was uh, it's a fourteen acre project. It's a new three hundred million dollar proposal that will connect Midtown and Downtown through a green space. Through a green space, and by uh, covering the connector. And you're all for it because you're a proud Fulton County. I'm a Fulton County resident. I'm right down the street from it. I think it makes a lot of sense as somebody that walks to Phillips Arena and walks to uh, the Georgia Dome frequently. Right. I think it's great. So you think it's worth? It? Have you? Does anybody ever stop with these numbers? Fourteen acres isn't that much. I no. have I have one acre in Roswell, so I can imagine thirteen more of those plots. It's not that much. So three hundred million dollars. <laughs> and by the way, you know, you know that it's not going to come in. It it never happens that at the end of they go. You know what? We finished two weeks early and uh, we saved you a few million. We brought it in at two hundred ninety six million. Turns so you know it's going to end up being three fifty or four, maybe more than that. Why does it cost three hundred million dollars? To develop a green space. Because you're covering the connector, Eric. You have to think about how much construction that would take to cover that part. And there's a MARTA station in the middle well, of that, It's going to be too. worth it after being uh, the, that two years of construction that makes us all have to be in even worse <laughs> traffic jams. It's all going to be worth it when we get the green space that I'm told will only halfway be about homeless people having a new place to sleep. And but, the other part we're going to enjoy. But Atlanta has to think long term about its infrastructure. And if walking traffic is the way for it to be, I'm all for it. You I walk all the time. From the, what, what is the exact uh, verbiage yes. from the people trying to push this latest boondoggle? From the people who brought you the Atlanta streetcar? Yeah, the Atlanta Downtown Improvement District is the one that is the organization that conducted the survey. Well, how could any of us be against it? It's right there in their name. They're, they're trying to improve things. Right. And their quote was the new, down, the new downtown neighborhood of the stitch reflects the new again design philosophy of walkable people oriented urbanism supporting the ideas I- ideals of healthy living and sustainable environments Cobbies, cobbies. am i hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on am i the only one who can pick out commie language anymore? <laughs> People oriented, as opposed to corporate oriented, business oriented, horrible Mr. Potter, blah, blah, blah. This will be people oriented. And also, by the way, I'll tell you who's not going to like it uh, the, uh, the big oil companies. Because Sentimental hogwash. People are going to walk again. They're going to live and work in a workspace environment that is a workspace, walk space, wheel space thing. And we're going to get rid of the car. You want to know why? My professor told me it was bad. And uh, <laughs> the idea, the idea that these, uh, these Americans have enjoyed wildly driving their cars for all these years is not something that works on campus. And what we have to do, because on campus, we're really smart and we see things. And a lot of times people in America, they just drive their cars. They're not aware of the unintended consequences. But we, academics, we understand these things. So we got to figure out a way to take them from the campus to the uh, boobs. I mean, the people. Um, the, the ones who aren't on the campus with us. Eric, so how do you fix Atlanta's infrastructure? There's a, there is a problem with traffic here in Atlanta, and if we're not going to walk, I mean, what, what do you want to do? Like, nobody wants to you know pay what? more? You know what? I, on, I'm I, the f- I, go ahead, Autumn. I lived in Midtown, and yes. anytime I needed to get downtown, I took the 110 bus. It came every 15 minutes up the street from me, and it got me downtown quick, and I didn't have to sit in traffic. It was, yeah, it was great. 
But, I, but what about the people that live in the suburbs that are coming in? They're like a lot of people are moving downtown because of how bad they the commutes won't. are. This is a okay. this is a reaction here. Okay, so park but, park at a Marta station that has parking and take Marta in. That's uh, that's that's one way to do it. My point also is, why do you want to continually encourage more and more people to live in the city if you already can't handle the number of people that you have? Have you tried to get anywhere on Peachtree between, say, I don't know, 4.30 and 7 p.m., <laughs> Monday through Friday, ever? Well, you might be able to if they hadn't built all those bike lanes, because now you got to watch out for <laughs> yeah, bikes That's constantly. true. That is true. The bike lanes are annoying. And the No, it's not the bike lanes that are annoying. Let's get to it. It's the human <laughs> beings yeah. who decide, okay, you got the bike lane, you've got that one, that white line and you so okay as a, as, a, as a driver I know I can't go over that white line but there's a little space in there and I don't know if it's just the people that I'm coming up behind but they get as close to that white line and real traffic they there's something going on with bikers <laughs> Bicyclist, cyclist, in their minds, it's so important to them that they be considered part of the flow of traffic. It's so idiotic. But if they break ru- all the rules, Eric. They they, right. they run red lights. They don't use proper signaling. I mean, we know it because we were raised learning bike signaling. But yeah, <laughs> can you imagine someone twenty five? Where is he sticking his arm out? There's no. They have no <laughs> idea what, right. what, what 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 it is. But again, it's reactionary there, Tim. The reason why we have uh, bike lanes is because the car, the people are driving <laughs> so much, and the, the traffic. You know, it's so bad call, that no, people are using other alternatives. We used to call the bike lane the sidewalk. Yes. The, there is a, a person in Atlanta <laughs> who is called the bike czar, and this woman oh, makes $75,000 a year. It? Look it up. I got to know who the this bike is. Czar. The bike czar. It's, have you seen? You can rent bicycles now in Midtown Atlanta uh, and downtown. Bright blue bicycles with baskets. It's a really cool yeah, idea. Yeah, it's a really cool bike. idea. How many times have you done it? I'm thinking about doing it. <laughs> so is everyone else. Nobody does it. They do this in New York City. Nobody does uh, it. No Nobody, I love this idea of, well, you know, and what we'll do is we'll just bike to work. Really? Okay, this last week, it's about it's about 90 degrees Sweet. by 1030 in the morning. That's just exactly the way I want to show up at work, ready to do for my first business yeah, for, meeting. for a 9 a.m. business yeah, meeting. Sweating. Sweating. sweating well, you put communal showers in the office, then, Eric, so you can oh, all shower together oh, before right. you start your day. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Need communal, mm-hmm. More communal showering. That's what we need. <laughs> her name is Becky Katz, and her official title is Atlant- Atlanta's Chief Bicycle Officer. She is the Chief Bicycle <laughs> She's Officer. She's a CBO. Which tells us that she has a death. Beauty bicycle officer. <laughs> and all of her articles and, and papers are like, we need to, and Atlanta people need to, yeah. and you need to, and car drivers. It's, it's all yeah. that need to. Well, also, I'll, I'll guarantee you, I don't know Miss Katz, but I guarantee you that she went to a, uh, a, a, a large university where they actually think about stuff like this. And the normal person, they just go about their lives and they don't have the bird's eye view mm. that we have um, <laughs> on the campuses. And we just have to figure out a way. And we'll say things like, you know what we tested? We tested the word green space. <laughs> green space. People like green. You know, we tested three hundred million dollar boondoggle. It didn't come back too well. But green space—that's fantastic. Oh, Clive, the Clive, train doesn't seem crazy to do to get from midtown to downtown. Our 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 uh, public consultant. He used to be in radio. Clive Cliverson is here to tell us why. We, what we did is we did a test. Uh, we, we did it. We, we got a bunch of people who live in midtown together. See, what we decided to do is we 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 we, we did a thing where we asked them questions. Would you rather ride your bike to work when it's ninety eight? degrees and you're in a full suit and when you get there everything's sticking to you but you feel good because you didn't waste you know a gallon of gas 
And what about the environment? Well, the environment, I mean, that speaks for itself. That's a buzzword that'll never go away. Everybody loves the environment. Everybody loves green. Green, environment, you put all those things together and, and you know, throw in a little uh, climate change and everybody's happy. English Stick, do you remember what you were saying uh, during the commercial break about green and people wanting... Uh, yeah, here's the deal. Uh, when you want green space, you go to, like, Blue Ridge and the countryside and stuff like that. That's why we live in a city. Not you everybody can city, get away. Yeah. But if you live... Well, not everybody can do everything all the time. It's up to you. You know, on, on the College of Bluff and Bluff University, we decided to figure out a way that everybody can get together and do everything all the time. And, and, and also, we found out uh, English Nick over there. People can't ride their bicycles to Blue Ridge. Oh, I'm sorry, Clive. What, just, we need a, what we need is a tram to take your bicycle up there. Yes, yes Autumn? Um, it just doesn't seem fair that, like, for me to live in the city that I can't also, like, look at trees or whatever. <laughs> there's plenty of trees in the city of Atlanta. But there's just... But then, like, it's like there's also like a lot of buildings, and I just think, just personally, yeah. just like how I feel, it yeah. should be like we should have as many trees as there are buildings. There's just a, there's a, a matter of fact, there's one tree. You know where Manuel's just reopened? Yeah. You know that tree down about a block down there? The tree is actually moving into the road. Yeah. There's and it a, the, has every right to be there. Well, just it, as doesn't. Much as you. it doesn't. It doesn't because there isn't good lighting on that road. And if you're going down there at like one o'clock in the morning, you can't see the. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's the, on Highland what, Avenue. What, yeah, what is going on there? What, that's what, like not the tree's fault. You know what I mean? I'm it's not like, saying you should just know it's there. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Well, these three hundred million dollars they're going to use to develop the stitch. <laughs> Can we take like two hundred fifty thousand dollars and do something about this tree whose roots are growing into? <laughs> it's only a two lane road. It's not that, that much. That tree is full of history. <laughs> one of those it one of those massive like trees in Midtown this past Friday morning uh, decided to fall on three cars. Yeah, it was its right. It was its right. Like, okay, who cares? They were just cars. They weren't like people. Well, they could have been. <laughs> I'm glad those cars are off the street. Yeah. Personally, you hate cars. <laughs> well, that's all it's going to take from the people who brought you the Atlanta streetcar three hundred million dollars to develop fourteen acres called the Stitch. <laughs> Melanie is pro Stitch and anti. Like cars or whatever. I think when these uh, think tanks, these university think tanks come up with these things, uh, they should all be subtitled, you people will buy anything. <laughs> if we tell you you're being Just, good to the environment. It reminds me like this, like the climate change people. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Every time you say, well, I'm skeptical. that Oh, what, you're anti-science? And they always hit you with this thing. You know, 96% of all climatologists <laughs> agree that climate change is happening. I have developed. It's hard. You can't argue against these people. You can't. And you you're, can't win. You're a denier. If you're you a denier. Yeah. So here's the perfect response to anybody who says 96% of all scientists <laughs> agree that this climate change is happening. You just say, name three. Of the scientists. Name three. Bill, Bill Nye. <laughs> he's not a scientist. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's not. He's not a television personality. That's why I say name three to get the two famous guys out of the way to see if they can name one actual. They go around spouting this all the time. Ninety six percent. If you want to stop them in their tracks, name three. Al Gore. <laughs> he's not a scientist. Sort of. All right. Uh, we he invented the internet. I thought. You know, it should be outraged is English Nick, because this is his segment, and we've done nothing but talk about the oh. stitch. And bicycles. We'll get to uh, more outrage, some outrage, when we return. I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride it where I like. 
Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back. Thank you, a program uh, consultant, programming consultant, Clive Cliverson. He came up with that entertaining honesty thing, right? That's right. Well, we tested it a lot, and uh, we had a room full of 40 people who don't have jobs, and that's what they agreed on. <laughs> but I'm uh, both entertaining and honest. Entertainingly honest. Glad to be here with you. The doctrinaires are here with me. English, Nick, we've been terrible. And have not done any outrages yet, so give me one story from Outrage Well, the Stitch is a very important project there, Richard. That's right. All right, the Clinton Foundation have been, there's a lot of outrage about them getting uh, donations from corporations and foreign governments, and now Bill and Hillary are saying, if she gets the job, if she becomes the next president of the United States, they're going to stop taking the donations. Oh, aren't we all so lucky? <laughs> if she becomes president of the United States, they're going to stop doing this. Yep. Uh, they never should have been doing it the whole time knowing that she was going to run for president, taking money from foreign foreign governments to your foundation. Does some of that money do some good? Absolutely. But what Hillary Clinton doesn't seem to understand, or the Clintons don't seem to understand, is when you're in that position, it's not a matter of uh, not doing things that are criminal, right? It's also the appearance of impropriety. They should not have a foundation that accepts money from foreign governments while she's uh, Secretary of State, knowing she's going to run for president, because foreign governments are giving $10 million. Okay, maybe they want to cure malaria. I don't know. But they're also giving $10 million <laughs> so that a, f- a future president of the United States is nice to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, at How- least Hillary's not cozying it up to Vladimir Putin. Putin over there in Russia. All right. Okay. There you go. I was I was accepting money that was given to us. Yeah, it, it was a donation. Rude. You That's right. But you take donations from countries that don't let women drive, and yet you call well, yourself. Well, that's a none be- of my business, is it? <laughs> I agree I'm with Hillary. Are you with her? Is that what you're saying? I'm with her. Whatever Hillary says, I'm with her. Didn't Thank Bill you, didn't Bill just have a birthday? How old are you now, Bill? Seventy. Oh, oh that's great. Uh, and it's great too. When you go to the Clinton Foundation website, you can sign his birthday card. I got so many birthday cards. I got pictures of women texted to me through Snapchat <laughs> that you wouldn't even believe. You know what? I think unfortunately you would believe it. So this idea again, rather than saying we're gonna stop right now. Yeah. It's if we win, we'll stop. Well, it's the appearance of impropriety. People are giving money now, and if you look at the polls now, anybody, any gambling person, I'm not talking about a political person that wants this or that to happen. If you were just gambling with your own money and the election was now, you would gamble, you, the most money would go on Hillary Clinton winning. So at this point, the idea of taking money from foreign governments, and again, also corporations right here in this country who are lobbying for an awful lot of things, it's not when you're. Running for office, it's not just whether you are engaged in criminality or not. You need to comport yourself in such a way that no one even has questions. You avoid the appearance of impropriety. And that should be the standard, not mm-hmm. whether something's legal or illegal, but the fact that you're taking money from foreign governments and you're trying to become president of the United States at the same time is wrong. It's not 50% wrong. It's not 75% wrong. It's not 90% wrong. It's 100% wrong. We're going to have to agree to disagree on that. I, I just don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, why, why would do I. And now they're saying, look, American voters, it's up to you to stop it. We're not going to stop it. You stop yeah, it with your you, vote. If you want us yeah. to stop taking money from foreign governments, Ugh. make me president. Crazy. All right. We started with headlines. The next hour, we gave you more headlines. When we get back, I don't know if you can handle it, even more headlines.
News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my mighty doctrinaires, Tim Andrews, English Nick, Autumn Fisher, and Jared Yamamoto. You know, before we get to uh, even more headlines, <laughs> we got the last day of the Olympics on the TV here in the uh, studio. So what do we want? This is the U.S. versus the Russians. It appears so. Uh, Valio, thank you for the information. <laughs> My producer, you know, the guy who always has more well, information. You guys are watching it. So I'm trying to look at you. It's uh, it's uh, U.S. versus Russian volleyball, indoor volleyball. So uh, ho- hopefully it looks pretty close. But uh, the, the NBA, the NBA team, our basketball <laughs> team, our Olympic basketball team. Uh, thank you. Uh, Sorry, <clears throat> just had a baby, Ruth. Uh, the Olympic basketball team is playing for gold against Serbia? That's right. Uh, <laughs> isn't there another... For some reason, I feel like we're going to win that by 30. Am I wrong? They're good, been- though. They, they, we've, we've had Serbian and Yugoslav, former Yugoslavian players in the NBA for years. Yeah, that's great. But see, here's the difference. Our team, all of them are in the NBA. That's true. And most of them are superstars in the NBA. And then Serbia will have a couple of people who have been in the NBA. So they played in group play earlier in the tournament, and they the United States only won by three. Okay, okay. So it might be a game. So now they know they have to go in... And they're going to blow them out by 20, probably. Probably. I mean, any time the United States gets close to losing or has a close game, it's because they just assumed they were going to win. Mm-hmm. And then they're halfway through the game and they realize, oh, we need to make sure we win here. It's kind of like the All-Star game. Probably the worst thing that happened to Serbia was that they got that close in the other game because Kevin Durant now is walking on that court knowing, okay, we got to get, we gotta get <laughs> business done here. They're going to bring it. So... I, although it would be amazing if they somehow lost it. What year do they lose it? What year? One year they got a silver or a bronze. Was it the Russians beat them? I don't, I don't remember, but uh, we, we showed up one year real cocky with our fourth or fifth dream team. Our ladies beat Spain yesterday. Well, look. If Law you think, points in if that If you game. think our men's basketball is better than anything in the world, our female basketball is light years mm-hmm. ahead of most other countries. An awful lot of other countries don't even really have female team sports. So we've got Title IX here. Our girls are starting to play basketball when they're eight, nine years old, and most countries don't even have that. They got the bronze in 2004 and 1988 as well. Well, 88 doesn't matter, because that was before the Dream Team. Yeah, but 2004 but was the most recent one. To, it was 88 was the reason we started going to the NBA. We were like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> America has the best <laughs> basketball players in the world. We should not be handicapping ourselves by sending uh, college team players, basically. So, uh, okay, so you're saying it's going to be close. No, I'm not saying that. I just think that it's these games are kind of like the All Star game. I mean, it's all about how many points you can you can run up on the scoreboard. Plus, that they're having fun. Coach K is going to he's he's encouraging them to have a good time. You're out making there. as much sense to me as Ryan Lochte did with Matt Lauer. Uh, so let's do this. Even more headlines now, Jared Yamamoto. You're in your wheelhouse. According to a new report from Wallet Hub, Atlanta is the Wallet eight- Hub. Why do we suddenly have all of this research from Wallet Hub? <laughs> What is going on? It's making headlines. 
Mediatis. Mediatis. Are we the easiest things to play in the world? I, I've been in radio since the late 80s. I never heard a wallet hub. And suddenly, in the last year and a half, I've done seven stories about wallet hub. Clive Cliverson. He knows what it is. Our programming consultant must know what it is. Well, wallet hub, see, is what is, is you take all this research fee, and, and, uh, and, uh, and it's very important that you find out how Atlanta stacks up, okay? Uh, wallet hub will tell you how, where you stack up in the uh, annual cost of in-home services, uh, the number of recreation and senior centers per capita. Uh, who are they? Who are wallet hub? Where well, there's just a bunch from? of people with wallets, and it's, 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 it's a hub where wallets uh, congregate, see? Okay, I got it. All right. So I just, you know, the thing is, if you tell me that there's a new presidential poll, and it's like an NBC Wall Street Journal poll, I know, okay, I know the people, I get it, they, they have a reputation, they want, you know, but all of a sudden, we start doing these things, these stories, uh, and it's it's Wallet Hub. I don't know who they are. So what did Wallet Hub say? Well, in this seventh story that you've talked about, Atlanta is apparently the eighth best city to retire in in the United States. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what happened to Florida being the best place? Oh, this is the eighth best, this best is place. The, what's the best place? Orlando is the top city to retire in. Orlando, Orlando. Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Yep. They got number one. You're telling me <laughs> that I want to go live in a swamp at the end of my life. A landlocked swamp <laughs> with alligators and Mickey Mouse. And nothing but tourists. And at all golf times. courses, and, yes. And, and, and tourists all around me. <laughs> now, golf courses, I can give you that. Where, Where they have some sort of metric by the cost of living plus recreational... Well, where Atlanta stacked up the best was the number of adult volunteer activities per capita, oh, God, emotional oh. health, and number Stop. of home care facilities per that, capita. What was that first one again? <laughs> number of adult volunteer activities per oh, capita. I don't want my life to end that way. Please, if any of you are still around, and I'm sure you will be, <laughs> I'm probably going to go first. Uh, don't let me go. In. I do not... I. Have you noticed that the end of life is dealt with much the way the beginning of life is? Like, when I came into this world, they started sending me to, like, pre-daycare and then daycare and then the first, you know, kindergarten. And you were treated, you know, like children. And then now you get to an age where you're, like, 80 or something, and they start putting you in these group activities and treating you like children. I want the world to know Eric Von Hessler is not into group activities. He didn't enjoy it when you made him do it when he was four, and he's not going to enjoy it when you make him do it when he's 84. Eric, Eric, come on. Let's yeah. go to the Stitch today and do a group activity, okay? <laughs> group activities On the are, green space. They're not as bad as you think they might oh, be. Oh, Mrs. Freshly, who is 116 years of age. Mrs. Freshly. Well, the give or take. Give or take. We don't know exactly, no, because we can't find your birth certificate. Oh, no. I don't know if they had the birth certificates around back then. What group activities do you enjoy? Well, we take a paper plate and a cup of macaroni, and we get a white glue. We put that and make a decoration. And Same thing you, we didn't get uh, You can sprinkle some uh, sparkles on that white glue, and it makes a very nice design. But yeah. it's very important to save the sparkles you don't use. You know what this comes down to with these people? Keep them moving till they die. <laughs> Move them around. Move them from here to over there. Let them sit over there for a while. Then let them get them up and then move over there. In, and the, hotter, in the hotter part of the summer, we make popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> we can take some fruit juice and we put them in the freezer. And, but, yeah. you know, I, I stay pretty active personally because I'm up every morning making my... 
my treats for y'all. Mrs. Freshly, you know, she makes every treat you find in your snack machines. And she delivers them all every day, so. Well, I have a a, a proxy who does something like that, but... I make them fresh. I make those nutty balls. I know you enjoy something. How's it doing in the in the vending machine? Do you uh, they removed more? the nutty bars, so I don't know that we have much Mrs. Oh Freshly stuff. Goodness. You got to talk to the robots at the new cafe. We are now offering kale, <laughs> Mrs. Freshly's finest kale. <laughs> I just, please, the plea goes out. I, I'm lucky enough to have a microphone. I'm somewhat known in this town. I've been here since 1998, hawking my wares on the radio. People do know me. I want the message to go out. The moment I stop living as an independent person, the moment I stop deciding what I'm going to do today, somebody please sneak up behind me and end it. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's why you, you retired in Atlanta. You need the cyanide capsule in your cheek so that any time you're just ready to go, you just chomp down on I don't it. want other people to decide what Eric's going to do today. That's not... I don't want that. Wallet Hub says of the number of recreation and senior centers for per capita, Atlanta's ranked 15th, Eric, so you're in good hands. I don't want it! I don't <laughs> want people who feel sorry for me, taking care of me every day. Well, let's have him move from here to there. Just keep him moving and keep him moving around until he dies. <laughs> I don't want it! I don't want it. As long as... Look, if I'm 110 and I can still decide I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, leave me alone. I'm happy. It's the moment that somebody else is deciding, well, let's push him over to the window and he can stare out that way. <laughs> you know, he's been staring out the window over on the left all day. Let's move him over to the window on the right and he can stare out that one. <laughs> Sneak up behind me and mercifully <laughs> end it. Please. I am begging in advance. Please. As long And, you know, then I mean... I used to say the toilet thing. You know, once I can't handle that on my own. Right. But there are nurses who are taught how to do that. I can understand that. And I might get some kind of pleasure out of that. Like, <laughs> how much they pay you to do that? <laughs> Male That's nurse right. or female nurse? Oh, at that point, it probably doesn't matter. Mm. You want a nice strong hand down there, right? What am I <laughs> <Sure>. saying? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I don't want some dainty hand down there. Get on with it. Man, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Just end it mercifully, please. I would retire in Atlanta if people would sneak up behind you and end it when it's obvious it should be ended. All right, more headlines when we return. Kessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I love that song, but I forget the name of it. It's an R.E.M. song. Imitation of Life. Yes. I was just thinking of this song. This is weird. Because it was never really a big hit or anything, and I was just thinking of this song last night. That's a cool R.E.M. song that nobody ever talks about. I snuck in and read your diary this morning. I know. (laughs) You're inside my head, Mark. You're inside my head. (laughs) Get out of my head, Mark Dowden! <laughs> He's stealing my thoughts. There's a, that's a great song title. Get out of my head, Mark Dowden. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm Eric von Hessler. These are the doctrinaires. Welcome back. I want you know this is apropos to nothing, and I know we have to get to another story. But uh, last night, uh, the, you know, I'm a big racing fan, so the Bristol Night Race is supposed to be last night. And it was raining. And so you had this. They started the race a little bit. They ended up having to postpone it. But they didn't postpone it until like 11 o'clock at night. So it, it's one of these things that it's one of my favorite moments in media uh, is when, well, let me back up here a little bit. Fox is the only people who get Emmys for their racing shows. And they're the only people that don't insist 
that their reporters wear fire suits while they're interviewing drivers in the infield. I've always thought it was absurd. Why are reporters wearing fire suits? They're not getting in the car. They're not in danger of exploding or being on fire at any point. <laughs> so last night, with these long five-hour uh, rain delays, you get this weird thing that happens where for three hours, reporters wearing fire suits <laughs> are interviewing drivers who are wearing jeans and a T-shirt. Well, see, we, 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 uh, Clive Cliverson here, yeah, and yeah. we did a great big study, all right? We said, how will it appeal more to the audience at home if the reporters are in the pits? And we said, you know what? Put them in those fire suits because they got all the logos on them, yeah, and yeah. the advertisers yeah. are happy. And if the advertisers are happy, that's all that really matters because the audience is also happy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, look, I it's can't. It's ridiculous, and Fox is the the only ones who do it, and they win all the Emmys for their well, coverage. Well, listen, uh, you know, the, the test, again, you can't get 45 unemployed people into one room and not come up with some genius stuff. <laughs> and that's what you did with your testing. Exactly. And so there's going to continue to wear the fire suits. They're, listen, NBC, CB, all of them, is fire suits. Is there anything more ridiculous? <laughs> yes, I'll tell you what that is. This year in the NFL, every sideline reporter is going to be fully padded up wearing a uniform of the team. It would be the same thing. It would be like having the sideline reporter... <laughs> Wearing pads and a helmet Aaron while, they're, while they're interviewing the coach. It is absurd. And, but there's nothing better than that surreal moment two hours into any rain delay coverage in NASCAR where the reporter is wearing a fire suit interviewing a driver who's wearing jeans and a T-shirt. All right. Do we have time for uh, another story? I think so. We think we can sneak this in here. Uh, new data proves that your political Facebook posts aren't changing anybody's minds. Oh, well, we needed this data. Who did this? Wallet Hub? <laughs> this is Rantic. <laughs> what is it? Rantic. It's a firm that uh, sells social media followers, and they yeah. surveyed 10,000 Facebook users who identified as Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. No, because people but just... No libertarians. People just unfriend people who disagree with them politically. Uh-huh. Facebook is the worst place to throw political ideas around and think you're going to have a debate. You're not going to have a debate. You're going to have a bunch of people who agree with you and a bunch of people who call you a racist. That's it. Facebook is the worst place to debate anything. Let's get out of there. It's a terrible place. If I didn't do this for a living, I wouldn't be there. (laughs) But then again, I'd also live in Wyoming, so we're all kind of stuck with what we do. When we return, we can avoid it no longer. My misanthrope buddy from New York City has stories from Studio B1. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. That's right, Eric Von Hessler. Welcome back. The doctrinaires are with me. WSB Radio, where we are just two weeks away from UGA football and the start of the Kirby Smart Era. Woo! Are people excited about the Kirby Smart Era? I am. (laughs) You are. (laughs) I'm Larry Munson. I can't wait for the Kirby Smart Era to start. You're still watching. Several of the females in heaven, when we get back from the movie group, we sit around and talk about how exciting it's going to be. (laughs) Fantastic. I hope Kirby Smart doesn't let people down. People are very excited. And uh, I hope he doesn't let anybody down. But the thing is, maybe we can expect too much too soon. What is the uh, opening rankings? Yeah, Where's the, Georgia? The AP just released this poll today, actually. And Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma are the top three. Never the heard bu- of them. The Bulldogs are 18th. 18th. Well, good. You know, because some it's years... that way to start. You know, some years you start, like, in the top 10, and people get too excited, and it goes the wrong way. Like, starting at 18th, they're going to do better than that. I think they're going to so do much too. better than that, and so it's it's more fun. They're getting Nick Chubb back, too. I mean, that's the offensive line looks watch great. Your, watch your language. <laughs> Home of the dogs, the sports voice of the South, <laughs> WSB Radio. 
Well, how am I supposed to say it? News 95.5 AM 750 WSB Radio. It's right there on that mic flag. Uh, all I gotta do is learn how to read. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can avoid it no longer. It's time for this. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. Here we are. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. All right, Gregory, the first thing I want to mention to you before we get started this week, I am not interested in your opinion on the Bulldogs. Okay. I I have none. Oh, good. Good. They're out of mind where they belong. This is the home of the Bulldogs, (laughs) Greg. This is the home of the Bulldogs, and I know that you are... Very weird about that. So I don't want to hear it. All right, let's just pretend it's the kickoff. Go, dogs. Rough, rough, rough. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I'm really into it. It is amazing that this guy has not gotten his butt kicked more in his life with his attitudes toward things. <laughs> I am amazed that I haven't gotten... I've known this guy since he was 19 years old. I'm amazed that there isn't a story every two or three years of people just putting him down in a parking lot. Yeah, his, his face is still intact How since is the that? day he was born. Because he has no respect <clears throat> for anybody. Nope. Well, then look, if someone were to beat me up because I'm not a fan of the dogs <laughs> misspelled, <laughs> I mean, the things I'd say is that that reflects poorly on society. No, it it's reflects, not me. No. It's not me. It's just, oh, I'm going to beat this guy up because he doesn't like the sports team. Now. No. <laughs> and not even a professional team. Yeah, oh, stop. A, team, now, a college team that I, a college I didn't even go to. Listen to me. The reason you would get beaten up is not because you're not a fan. It's the kind of rhetoric that you're going into right now, which I can imagine you doing in a bar somewhere when you're a little tipsy. And it's just amazing to me. And I, you know, if I know Greg Russ, he would be tipsy saying that in a bar in Athens on a Saturday night. This is how this person can be. So I'm just amazed that you have, you know, walked away relatively unscathed. Now, give me a story from Studio B1. All right. Well, this is this is a tough week for my favorite media. Uh, first, Gawker.com. We, we talked about that the other day. It's going away. And now the nightly show with Larry Wilmore, no more. Like I, You know, I love – well, I actually never watched it. But in theory, <laughs> in theory, I, it made me feel comfort knowing it was there. So John Stewart's going to stop by and say goodbye in person. You know what I love is that John Stewart is trying – the latest thing with John Stewart is trying to keep jobs for his friends. John Stewart has been showing up on the Colbert Show. Which, the word really isn't out there the way that it should be, but it's failing. It's not doing very well at all. And they got their best ratings when Jon Stewart showed up and when he did some stuff with the, uh, with the conventions. Larry Wilmore, who, uh, now his slot filled in for what Colbert left when Colbert, it's not the same show, right. but no. it came on after The Daily Show the way Colbert used to come on after The Daily Show, right? Yes. So, uh, and Larry Wilmore, for those listening who have never watched the show, he's the guy at the last, uh, remember when Obama did the, dro- the uh, he dropped the mic? Yeah. What are those things called? Those comedy shows they have with the president and... It's a dinner, right? Anyway. Yeah, it's a correspondence dinner. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was the guy who used the N-word in front of the president and said you did it. I don't know if you remember that moment. So this guy, Larry Wilmore, people call him a comedian. I haven't seen much evidence of it, but people call well, him a he comedian. Was, he, he's successful in TV writing. The Bernie Mac show. Right. Uh, he was the senior black correspondent on The Daily Show. So that's you know, some acting. That's where it comes there. from. But this, when it comes to analysis of policies, he's vacuous. I've only been exposed to him a few times, but basically in the mind of Larry, Larry Wilmore, the reason anybody ever opposes any policy from the president is because they're racist. And not only is it because they're racist, I mean, Larry Wilmore, his, his delivery of it is like, oh, duh. 
Well, like, with it's a, obvious. With a lead-in like uh, Trevor Noah, it's, I'm shocked that the show didn't work. He's the guy who, <laughs> we have to explain this to people, because I don't think anybody watches Comedy Central. They don't anymore. You know who, do, I don't think anybody ever did. I have to be honest with you. I don't think John Stewart is as famous as people who like John Stewart think he is. I don't think most people in America ever fell for The Daily Show. I don't think there's a wide swath of America right down the middle, I think, who has no idea who John Stewart is. Hey, but think about it. Comedy Central had to- or has Tosh.0 and South Park. So a lot of people my age watch Comedy Central. That's fine. That's not, but, I, but the idea that John, John Stewart, who is the most famous person who's ever come out of the Comedy Central staple, was not nearly as famous as the people who liked him thought he was. But you have to remember that for my generation, the Gen Xers, we grew up with him on MTV, and then he had a syndicated yeah. talk show. And, he and was, then he was in Big Daddy. I mean, that, oh, was, that was a classic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I saw him as a guy who struggled to get a show that worked. Yeah. Because all those things that the, that you're talking about, there were shows that got canceled and pretty pretty early on in their runs. And then he hit The Daily Show. He found his groove. Right. And he got a, he got a big audience. But it was a big cable audience. A big cable audience is not a big audience. This is what Trump fans are finding out. This is what Romney found out. Fox News may tear every other news network up on, on cable, but it's still a cable audience. It's not an American Idol finale 2006 audience. Right. Those are huge audiences. But they don't really exist anymore. What do you mean? The huge audiences? Not like, I mean, yes, American Idol had that, and you still have events that have that. But for the most part, even on network television, you're not getting those kind of numbers anymore. No, I agree, because there's so much choice, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to get a huge... The Super Bowl does it because... Everybody watches the Super Bowl. It's a must-watch when it's happening, yeah, right? People, live events. People watch things after they actually go out live these yeah, days. So. Live events. Yeah. But I know that people in, uh, in major cities watch Comedy Central, but I'm telling you, most Americans have no idea, not only who Larry Wilmore is, most Americans may, at this point, have heard the name John Stewart. He's not nearly as famous as the people who love mm. him think there. And most people in America don't think... Boy, I want to know what that guy's thinking about politics. Because I, I got news for you. It's not hard for me to figure out. You, you throw anything at me, and I'll tell you what John Stewart thinks about <laughs> it without even consulting John Stewart or watching anything. Anyway, Autumn, yes. Wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't John Stewart in Robin Hood Men in Tights? Oh, wait, that was Richard Lewis. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh. Aren't you glad you stopped the show for do, that? Do we have a penalty <laughs> box? I confuse those two people all the time. You know what? I would put her in the penalty box, but she doesn't know what it means because she she's not into hey, sports. I that's think not true. I know what that one means. What, is, what does it mean, Autumn? It's a hockey thing. <laughs> it's a hockey thing. <laughs> I well, could we, see her tearing up in the penalty box. You put her in there and just it starts flowing. Yeah, she's just crying. Eric, I'm too pregnant. <laughs> Don't I'm too pregnant for the penalty box. <laughs> but I mean, what an excuse. Yeah, what an excuse. You should just stay pregnant for as long as you can. <laughs> just uh, that, that that's you know a reason I'm moody because of this you well, can get Craig, anything at least she has an excuse you're moody your whole life and you don't <laughs> even have the ability to get pregnant oh, you hit on this early in the show Eric uh, Autumn is going through a lot of crazy motherhood things she's got one she's potty draining yes and then she's pregnant with another one so it's all crazy it's a very difficult life. time yeah. but don't talk about it now because Greg will be mean and she'll start crying <laughs> and that may be great radio that's conflict that'll make for great ratings uh, bring I don't, it I don't know it I don't know. Conflict yes. doesn't work at these Clive Cliverson, our programming consultant, <laughs> you know what do you say? Well, listen, I, you know, conflict used to work in the 90s and the 2000s, but right now everybody wants everybody to get along. So what you really got to do is get along, get your point, and zap it in there and get it, going. 
Clive, how much did you pay for those frosted tips? That's a nice uh, You know, I got these at a nice place. Uh, they were uh, $350 for the double process. Because <laughs> it's funny, because I know you're 57, but yet you, you know, you I look the, like I'm 38. Well, you have the hair of a 38-year-old. I'll give you that much. Uh, not my chest hair. It's gray, but you can't do a double process on your chest hair. How is your skin so orange? Why? <laughs> it's called tanning, my friend. Are those real teeth? Because they stick out a long way when you talk. They are absolutely 100% real fake teeth. Okay. Hey, what, are, what are your thoughts on Andy Kaufman? Oh, Andy Kaufman's stupid. I, look, Andy Kaufman's one of the worst... Com- he's overblown comedian. The audience doesn't get it, do they? I know, they don't get it. If you don't get it, you're dumb. <laughs> all right. Uh, Gregory, is there another story from Studio B1? After all, that's why you're here. Yeah, New York, the greatest city in the world, much better than Atlanta. <laughs> you know, it's so. I love these days of Gregory. He's just trying to upset the audience. Uh, well, it's so wonderful here that the roaches are starting to fly. So the recent heat wave has triggered them. Uh, you know, they like the humidity. And when that happens, their muscles actually work, or their equivalent of muscles, that they work better, and then they start to fly. You know you- what? This, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So you're telling me that the reason that roaches fly is because it gets hot enough. And that makes them, for some reason, they'll use those muscles. Yes, that's what. That's why in the South, actually, Florida and Georgia, you know, they fly quite often. And for the further, further down Southern Georgia, you get you'll you'll see more of them, and definitely in Florida. But I always assumed what a dummy I am. I always assumed that those were different kinds of cockroaches. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who flew. They call them. Palmetto bugs? I thought it was uh, cicada, right? No, that's a no, different. No, no, no. That's oh, okay. Palmetto Listen. bugs is a slay. That's what they call them. But, and I thought, well, those fly. Well, water but, bugs here. There's regional names. You learn that. something new every day. So the idea is that if it's warm enough, and it's so hot in New York City this summer, that for the first time or in a long time, people in New York are dealing with flying cockroaches. <laughs> which, by the way, to me, is still one of the scariest things I just, I cannot handle it. You're just walking down a hallway or something. I have family in Florida. And then these things start flying. No. It's like if a... <laughs> imagine if a bird was a cockroach. Ugh. No. Is- imagine, imagine if they were larger. Like our size. We'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense yet. I think you're right. All right. More stories from Studio B1. And don't forget, we've got the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them when we return. Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. We're running out of time, but I, there's one more story from Studio B1 that I want to get to. So, Greg, please give it to us. Yeah, more TV. Another show coming to an end. Uh, I am Kate. It's finished. After oh, Caitlyn oh. Jenner's boring reality show, Caitlyn. Big girls don't cry. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll just I'll have to muddle through. I'll find something else. I'll get a new job. Uh, uh, come on. Now, surely there's something else. You don't need. You, got, you have money. You don't need this, right? You I money? spent all my money on hormone transplants. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> so you actually do need a job. You know what I'm going to do? What? Going back to being Bruce. Hey, you'll get another show. I'll get a show on Spike. <laughs> Maybe the 2020 Olympics. You can be one of the anchors for NBC, Caitlin. Yeah, oh, that would be great. <laughs> I, I do um, think the show, it's right there. It could be called Back to Bruce. Back to Bruce. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Somebody call Clive Cliverson. I need some help with this. <laughs> 
Back so, to Bruce. Here's uh, the question I have for you. A very interesting thing that you've gone through in your life. You were an Olympic yeah. uh, champion as I a was. man, and then you turned, you had the whole Kardashian thing. and then Successful you, actor. T- yeah, an actor. You were in the Village People movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then you became a woman. Uh, quite a sensation. You couldn't I, tell the difference between me and Dorothy Hamill in 1976 with the hair. Sorry. Out of all ahead. of that, out of all of that, with all these one, you know, really interesting things going on, how did you manage to have such a boring reality show? Yeah, it beats me. I thought it was fun you know we, we we did that thing where you did the psychic uh relaxation and yeah and you made love without making love and uh you thought that was gonna be a ratings boom i thought everybody in america would be doing that and i thought everybody would be don't know, tear up now don't tear up i know big girls don't cry <laughs> don't tear hey, up. Your, your tweet was great thank you e and thank you to the best girlfriends i could ask for oh, that was a I, great tweet they're the best girls out i you know just when the girls we get together uh, uh, our little not, sewing not, circle it's not interesting that's the problem you should even not be, i didn't watch it yeah autumn didn't watch it and she watches the uh, real I, housewives of like st louis fill in the blank if, if i don't have autumn fisher i don't have america so i i, I yeah. just had to let it go it was boring right autumn yeah, it was boring. She didn't. I mean, she didn't do anything. She put on dresses and stuff, and like other trans people came over and told, "Try this on." <laughs> it's boring. Oh, girls, this fits. <laughs> they never even broke a million views for for no. any of their episodes in season two. That's Nobody, crazy. Yeah, that's the thing. well. You know, you can't watch a train wreck every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring for a while. You still happy with the whole change, the transition, everything going I well? I suppose so. Uh, I don't know. It's just whatever works marketing wise. I think I'll have to go with that angle. I'll write a book, maybe back to Bruce. I like that name. And I, I used to be. I think I'm going to be on Transparent next. I, I'm not joking. There's yeah. the, the show Transparent. I'm going to be the next Transformers movie. <laughs> Optimus Wine. <laughs> oh, good. Because those aren't boring enough. All right. So some information for you as we say goodbye. Download that WSB Radio app. Because not only do you have the open mic, you can listen to WSB anywhere, anytime. You've also got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Not only this show becomes a podcast on there every week, but we do three podcasts a week that are only available on WSB radio app or EVHDoctrine.com. So make sure you get that app. But you know you want to say something. No, is it true, too, that that Herman fill-in was like the 23rd fill-in that you've done? Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. insane. In a year and a half at WSB. That's a lot of fill-ins, Eric. Stick around long enough. And you'll do a bunch of stuff. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're going to be doing a live uh, experience very soon, aren't we? That's not? right. When is it? Do you it know? It's uh, September 30th. That's it'll, right. It'll be from 7 to 10, and uh, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock will be all on the radio. All right, so we'll give you more information on that if you want to come watch us do the show live. Uh, that was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next Sunday at noon, but until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB.